How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Again, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 82, entitled The Bible Book Killer. Uh, this is kind of an interesting case. Um, the murders of three females occurred between 68 and uh, 69 in um, Glasgow, Scotland. The interesting thing about the case is that the initial investigations did not seem to find any significant links in the case themselves. However, when I reviewed it, uh, I found several that were um, several links that were basically consistent with the um, with the MO of the, uh, the suspect who they say they have never uh, officially identified but there is a um, there is some information that kind of does kind of kind of gives you a clue of who it was the, the first uh, victim was uh, Patricia Docker. Uh, her body was found on uh, February 23rd, 1968. Um, she was an auxiliary nurse. Uh, her body was found in the doorway of a garage. Um, in Battlefield, Glasgow. I don't know what the... What the exact... Uh, geographical location would be. I don't know... Obviously, I don't know Glasgow that, you know, I'm here in America, but uh, she was 25 year old. Um, her body was naked at the time. She had been. Uh, it's interesting because there's there's a lot of. Um, a lot of confusion in certain aspects, I mean, psychological confusion. And what I mean by that is that. There are signatures here that are that are identical indicators, but for some reason, whoever <clears throat> wrote the initial write-up was he, he he made it so that it was hard to understand. Um, the victim had been uh, raped, so we have a physical assault. Um, <clears throat> the body, especially the face and head, had extensive. Uh, Trauma, impact trauma. The initial cause of death was strangulation uh, with a, with a possibly a belt. Her hand. Now, now these are three things you got to remember. These are three things you want to remember here. Fourth thing you want to remember: Docker's hand, uh, handbag, watch, and. and clothing were missing, but her handbag was recovered from, uh, a call, it's called a river cart by an under, an underwater search, uh, search team. Now with, with that in mind, we have to remember this was 68, 69, the DNA, the fingerprinting technology, uh, just wasn't there. 
So you always have to keep this into consideration. So we're going, this is how we're looking at the evidence right now. Number one, rape. Number number two, blunt trauma to the face and body and head. Number three, strangulation. Number four, missing handbag. Number five, she was last seen at the Majestic Ballroom. Okay, uh, to attend, uh, th- you got to keep this place in mind. I don't know why they, they have it labeled as two different things here. Majestic, we'll just call it the uh, Majestic Ballroom, which at that time was on Hope Street. Okay, let's let's go to the second the second victim, um, which is kind of interesting because Jemiah McDonald body found Saturday, uh, August sixteenth, nineteen sixty nine. Thirty two year old uh, mother. Um, she was also <clears throat> at the uh, logistic ballroom. Okay, so we have the ballroom appearing twice. Um, the female was similar, the female's body type was similar, short female, brunette hair, may have something to do with it, may not, probably does. Um, the, this, uh, this victim had gone to attend some type of, uh, dance recital prior to or something that happened at this, this majestic ballroom. Um, her sister had watched the, ch- uh, the children. Um, her sister said that she had gone out with an unidentified male, 25 to 35, between six foot and uh, 6'2", short, short brown, brown hair. Okay. Um, the initial uh, investigation... She had been raped, extensively beaten, particularly about the face before she had been, um, I believe it was, uh, strangled to death with one of her own stockings. Remember, one of her own stockings, stockings being the key word here. Her murder had occurred approximately 34 to 40 hours prior to discovery. Um, I know people like to throw that in there. I mean, I don't know if, uh, I don't remember... I don't think that that has a significant thing to do with it, but we can keep that in there. Uh, some initial uh, information: uh, the police had done a, a, a had canvassed all the, the residents, all the homes in the area, businesses, and uh, they really hadn't hadn't found much evidence uh, to you know actually actually um, figure out who a suspect was. The third body, Helen, or victim, Helen uh, Pocket, found October 31st, 69, by a man walking his his, his dog. Uh, she was 29, same age range. Uh, her body, uh, uh, she had been raped, then strangled with one, uh, one of her own stockings. Stockings appear twice. So we know the first one, uh, the second one was a stocking, this one was a stocking, all strangled, all raped, 
we, we have three similarities in three line. The, the MO is the same. So anybody that says that this is possibly a different murderer um, obviously hasn't read any of this. Uh, body uh, partially naked like the, uh, the second one, extensively beaten about the face. Okay, so what does that tell us? Well, it tells us quite a bit, especially about the mental state of the, uh, the suspect. Um, and you know what, let me, let me just, let me just jump ahead of myself to, uh, tell you why I think, why I think this guy was a little different, like, you know, um, don't judge a book by its cover. One of the girl's sisters had mentioned that the three victims, not only had they all attended this same majestic ballroom, and I'm just trying, I'm just trying to find some information about this place. Majestic ballroom seen here in 2011. Well, it still existed. Uh, they say the the um, they believe the the encounter. Okay, they believe that the suspect they call him Johnny Bible or, or Bible John. Um, apparently, while this while this guy was at the the ballroom, um, they may they believe that his name may have been. Uh, John Templeton. He used a lot of different names. John Emerson. John. Um, he just used a lot of different uh, AKAs. There's a lot of them here, and I'm not going to go down them because they're all AKAs. They don't. They don't have our actual value to anything unless you can identify who they belong to anyway. But um, it's interesting because all these three had been on. On the way home, they had all, all three of these victims had been on the same bus. Apparently, that's the mode of transportation over there at the time. And this this suspect, let's say, or person of interest, had conversations with all three of them at the same time. And one of them noticed that uh, he had... Um, been talking about the Bible a lot. Um, one fact I did forget to mention, all three of them uh, also had a deep bite mark on the upper right thigh. All three of them. So there's no guessing if this was the same person. It's pretty much conclusive that based on all the information we have, just a, a simple you know, kind of Reader's Digest version of it. So that's a signature. Okay, the, the bite mark on the upper right thigh. Um, it could mean a lot of reasons. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of psychological profiling. You know, uh, they never identified this guy. They did have... Um, let, me, let me read you here the, the one thing I was reading. The suspect was described by Pocket Sister... Jane Langford, as being a tall, slim male, between 
5'10". That, that could easily be mistaken for 6 foot. Uh, the, vic the person of interest had frequently quoted from the Old Testament during uh, the, the, the trio's taxi ride home. Although he indicated he was uh, neither Catholic nor Protestant, um, he did, again, he did mention a lot of things about, uh, about the Bible. And I'm assuming that's where he got the name Bible John. Uh, you know, at one point he explained to the women the reason he had refrained from consuming alcohol was due to the, his being, uh, conditioned by a strict parental attitude. So, okay, so let's, let's do, uh, a quick profile of this guy, right? And although it may seem like a normal pattern, it's really not a normal pattern. Here you have an individual who's claiming to be, let's just put it this way, a Bible bumper, okay? Um, he doesn't drink alcohol, but he's hanging around in a bar. Doesn't make sense. Why would you be religious in that way, capacity and you're not and you're hanging around in the bar but you don't consume alcohol no you're not you're, you're looking for victims how did you pick your victims out I'm gonna assume that based on the physical descriptors of the the victims uh, certain age range color here height uh, he probably had a mother issue. What, what it was it, we don't know. Um, was it that, you know, subconsciously he despised his mother, possibly. But there was some some female in his, was an ex-lover, an ex-whatever. It could be anything, but what we do know for a fact is that there was a female in or about that 25 to 30-year-old range uh short with brown hair that somehow something happened where he was traumatized. I mean, that's, that's what I get out of it. The, the strangulation is personal, um, which, which shows that there was a deep hatred for something. The, um, the beating, that's all, you know, the blunt trauma to the head, uh, was it to, destroy facial configuration so they were unidentifiable that could be either a, a psychological thing for him uh, trying not to associate the identity of the person by destroying the facial features or by destroying the facial facial features so that when they pass on to the next realm or wherever they're not identifiable it's hard to tell but you can see there's a lot of things because in general people that are religious are not going to be killers so, it's like the coffee calling the, the kettle black. I, you know, I'm this religious guy running around with a Bible, but yet I'm raping, beating somebody up, and then strang strangulation, then biting them in the right thigh, uh, some type of signature. You know, this, this truly shows some type of psychological disorder. To what degree? Obviously, to a high degree because he's killing people. Um, there's about six or seven definite links. So, to be honest with you, uh, why they say they're 
it's similar, but they, they can't link them. That's that's not true because there's a lot of links in this thing. Uh, you just have to actually read it. Um, you know, it's interesting because, like I said, they just have him down as Bible John. There was at one time during this uh, during this time there was a. I don't know if he want. I don't know if they had him listed as a serial killer. But I, I assume so. I'm trying to find his name. I have it down here in my notes. And if anybody that knows the way I write, I, I write sideways on the paper. I write over things. I write under things. It's kind of like its own. Um, it's it's its own uh, jigs, uh, jig, jigsaw puzzle. But you see, there are a lot of things that link all of these cases together. I mean, circumstantial, you might say, but no, not really, because think about it. The bite mark is physical, right? Bite marks can be associated. So that's a physical trait. So it's not circumstantial because each person had that a bite mark on them. So it's, it is not circumstantial. It is a physical piece of the crime, you see? And I'll guarantee you, all the teeth marks in those same three bites are identical. So, with that being the case, them being identical, they would have to come back to a living person, obviously. So, <clears throat> there is physical evidence here. What they did with that, I don't know. Um, they did have a couple uh, possible suspects in the case. Um for some reason, they didn't really um, name any of them. Um, actually, now, now that I look at it, there, there is a list of quite a few people. I mean, um, and what, you know, I don't know if they took photographs back then. I'm sure they probably did. To what extent, it's, it's not known. And then they bring in this guy named Peter Tobin, who would, in the 90s, murder two teenage girls. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really say. They did have. They did have Peter Tobin as he was probably the more, <clears throat> the closest person with ties to the uh, majestic hall. And the physical features of, of the suspect and any of the other ones. I'm um, just trying to figure. Uh, murder offensive. He was. Yeah, he he was eventually arrested and uh, convicted. And for some reason, they did they did uh, give him the nickname Bible John. But, you know, to kind of get around the case a little bit. Okay, so, and this is basically really a case of linking. Okay, we have three victims. You know, we have we always have additional people of interest brought in. We have circumstances and situations. However, what we're looking at in a case like this is really the, identi the identifiable factors that are similar to the suspect's uh, M.O. or modus of operandi, whatever you want to call it, 
the key one is the bite mark. And what I didn't also include was that um, the other two, uh, the pocketbooks books were also taken like the first one. So there is, there is no doubt that the suspect in the first case is, in the second case, in the third case, I roll the same people, regardless of what anybody wants to say. There are speculations on who the killer was. Um, I didn't really do a, a quick background because I didn't want to get into an hour-long conversation about it. It's an interesting case if you want to look at it. <clears throat> uh, I believe this case is also on um, uh, Terry Sutton's uh, Savage Watch, which if you have some time, uh, I would suggest taking a look, uh, go online and put uh, Savage Watch. Uh, I think he also does Killer Chronicles. Uh, I've done a couple. I, I was a, a co-host on a couple of his um, podcasts. Uh, interesting stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff uh, that's on there is stuff you're not going to find anywhere on, and it's, it's Savage Watch. As you all know, I haven't done, started to do any advertisements yet. They want me to do that, but you know, at this time, I just I just go with my own I, I go with my own flow, uh, and quite honestly, I will not promote anything that I have, do not have personal experience using, like clothing or this and that. And unless unless I wear it or use it, I'm not not going to uh, venture into that neighborhood. Not yet, anyway. Uh, because I just I just want to let's let's handle our. Uh, dead bodies, <clears throat> unexplained murders, and unexplained uh, disappearances before we get into there. Ter- Terry's information uh, for Savage Watch I will push because it's a good, it's a good same thing, dead bodies, un- unexplained things. Another person, if you want to, and none of these are, my, are, are paid sponsors of mine, uh, <clears throat> if you go to the Graylin Report, which is done by Micah Hanks, I've done a couple um, interviews with Micah. For Joan Rish and uh, Dennis Martin, uh, uh, this is a really good, really good podcast uh, worldwide. Uh, he's a great guy. Him and I keep in contact when when he's not running around like a nut. But uh, <clears throat> you know, if you're interested in strange things, dead bodies, and unexplained disappearances, these are the places to go. And until episode number sixty-two, my name is Michael C. Bouchard. I am the host of the Night Stalker podcast. Nothing, nothing to do with uh, Ramirez, the Night Stalker from California. He was just a waste of time in a biological space. Uh, my Night Stalker is the 1972 TV version of the Night Stalker, which uh, starred Darren McGavin as a newspaper writer and vampire hunter. And uh, that's where the name for my podcast came from. I, I throw this in occasionally just so people don't get it wrong. I'm not... I wasn't, uh, was never interested in Ramirez, and, uh, you know, he's just uh, another one of those people that uh, has an unexplained biological existence, had had an unexplained bi- biological existence. Until then, remember, if you're in a bar- dark parking lot, dark bar room, dark anywhere where you shouldn't probably be, and you hear footsteps coming up behind you, you better know where the damn back door is, or the front door, or a side window, because if you're not, we'll be reading We'll be reading and talking about you next. Until next episode, this is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker Podcast.